Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of The Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hello, bonjour, aloha. (laughs) I am so grateful, so grateful today. I'm in North Carolina in the Blue Ridge Mountains, high up in the mountains, and it is just beautiful here. Spring is springing, and uh, the rhododendron are blooming, and the azaleas are blooming, and all the trees are leafing out. It's just gorgeous. Nice weather. I'm here at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which I have to say is probably the nicest retreat center I've ever been to. It's really nice. And I'm here for my Stop Playing Small Retreat, which is in about 10 days. And uh, to Right now, we're in the spiritual counseling training intensive, and then I've got the advanced Masterful Living Student Retreat. Uh, So, if you'd like to be spontaneous, come join me for the Stop Playing Small Retreat. It starts next week. And uh, come enjoy this beautiful place, this beautiful weather, this beautiful food. This is a paradise. (laughs) So I'm very happy to take a break from heaven (laughs) to join you right now. Let's do it. So today we are talking about body corrections. And let's begin with a prayer. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart as I am doing. And we take that breath of deep gratitude, so grateful, so thankful to open our heart and open our mind to the power and the presence of perfect love. Perfect love is leading us and guiding us. Perfect love is what we are. So we're opening ourselves to the higher Holy Spirit self and the divine guidance that brings. We're opening ourselves to true healing, lasting healing. We're opening ourselves to divine insight and clarity, calling forth the healing. What I absolutely know is that God is all that there is. God is infinite wholeness because God itself is complete. And we are one with God, therefore it's our nature to be complete too. So calling forth an expression of divine wholeness in every cell, fiber, and function of our body temple, in our mental awareness, our emotional awareness, our physical awareness, we're calling forth 
permanent, lasting healing. Healing all causes of disturbance back to the root cause so that we never experience them again. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all beings because we are eternally one. And we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes, indeed. So, this week I was guided to chapter 28, which is entitled, The Undoing of Fear. And it's section 6, The Secret Vows. The Secret Vows. And it begins with, who punishes the body is insane. So, the one who punishes the body is insane. Now, I don't know about you, but I'll just be honest here. And that means I will absolutely share with you that there have been times when I have punished the body. I have felt bad and wrong and inadequate and disappointed and discouraged. And as a result, I punished the body. I I really did. And it looked like I was just trying to numb myself out. But I can see and feel that there was in my awareness uh, an, an intention around punishing myself. Yep. And this is the thing that this punishment thing, it's so prevalent. It's so everywhere for uh, many of us. It's a habit. So we have this deep sense of guilt, of course, in miracles tells us, this unresolved guilt, this seemingly endless, infinite guilt. And in that guilt, we feel a need to punish ourselves and to punish others, right? Obviously, here in the United States, we put a lot of stock in punishment. That's why we've got so many people in prison here. It's very intense. We we punish our leaders. And we punish our children. We're big on punishment as a means of correction. But, you know, it doesn't really work. It doesn't. It just makes people feel more guilty, more ashamed, more bad, and more wrong. And really, the healthy thing is not to punish a child or punish anyone. But to have compassion. To have understanding. To open ourselves to the loving options. You know, and, and I myself can remember feeling, gosh, if I don't punish myself for having done these wrongs, I'll never learn. I'll just keep doing them because why wouldn't I? But the thing is, is when we're called to love, when we're called to be loving, when someone loves us, then when we meet that vibration of blame and shame and punishment, we can really feel how incongruent it is with love. And the more we're aware of how good love feels, the less likely we're interested to be interested in shame and blame and regret and resentment. So we're retuning ourselves here to this high vibration of love. And so opening our awareness 
is what we're all about. And it's the choosing of love that helps us to open our awareness. So who punishes the body is insane. Yes, I can attest to that, that when I was doing that, I was insane. And I, I used to punish the body by drinking too much, smoking too much, eating too much. These are all ways that I would punish the body. Working too much, pushing, pushing, pushing. I don't need to do that anymore. I still will definitely try to accomplish quite a bit. <laughs> and sometimes it's too much and I have to say, well, I'm not going to be able to accomplish as much as I would like to because I must be kind to myself and to my body. So what it starts off saying to us here in this Secret Vows section, it's my page 602, it says that basically the body doesn't know anything, the body doesn't think anything, and the body does not have any feelings. It says it does not seek to make of pain a joy and look for lasting pleasure in the dust. It does not tell you what its purpose is and cannot understand what it is for. It does not wonder what it is, so it has no need to be competitive. It can be victimized, but cannot feel itself as victim. It accepts no role, but does what it is told without attack so the body does what it's told and this is what it's telling us here this is what jesus is telling us here that the body does what it's told and only what it's told told by the mind it says it is indeed a senseless point of view to hold responsible for sight a thing they cannot see and blame it for the sounds you do not like Although it cannot hear. <laughs> I think that's that part is funny. Uh, to blame it for the sounds we don't like. What kind of sounds don't we like? <laughs> right? The body does all kinds of things, but why blame the body? Right? We, we wish to be even separate from the body. The body is the, the thing, the tool, that gives us the opportunity to see, to experience separation, and yet... We want to be separate from the body even. So it says the body suffers not the punishment you give because it has no feeling. It behaves in ways you want but never makes the choice. So the body does what you tell it to do but the body doesn't make any choices. This is helpful to understand. It says the body is not born and does not die. It can but follow aimlessly the path on which it has been set. And if that path is changed, it walks as easily another way. All right. Now we're getting to the real meat here. So the body can only do what we tell it to do. So we put it on a path. It's going to walk that path. But not by its own choice and volition. It's our choice and the volition of our mind. So bodies cannot behave independently of our mind, our thinking, our beliefs. That's kind of good to know, isn't it? Because that means that 
Things are not happening to us. It's not random, and it's not beyond our ability to correct. So, I believe in miraculous healing because I've seen it and experienced it, and I'm inviting you to do the same. Don't give up before the miracle. It says that if the path has changed, it walks as easily another way. So if we put the body on another path, it will just as easily go that way, according to our mind. It says it takes no sides and judges not the road it travels. It perceives no gap because it does not hate. It can be used for hate, but it cannot be hateful made thereby. So we can use the body as a tool to express our hatred or our love. We can use the body as a tool to express our feelings and our thoughts. And our feelings come from our thoughts. But it cannot be made, the body cannot be made to have its own expressions. It can only do what we tell it to do. So it says, the thing you hate and fear and loathe and want, the body does not know. It's, it's, it has no mind of its own. It says, you send it forth to seek for separation and be separate. And then you hate it, not for what it is, but for the uses you have made of it. You shrink from what it sees and what it hears and hate its frailty and littleness. And you despise its acts, but not your own. It sees and acts for you. It hears your voice, and it is frail and little by your wish. It seems to punish you and thus deserve your hatred for the limitations that it brings to you. Yet you have made it you have made of it a symbol for the limitations that you want your mind to have and see and keep so let's ponder this here for a moment and i'm inviting you to take a breath with me and to consider the limitations that you feel your body has consider the things that you don't like about your body What if you were to accept that this teaching is true? Remember, uh, the thing about A Course in Miracles is if you accept any part of it, you are accepting the whole of it because truth is truth. You can't really accept some truth and not others because truth is truth. It's holographic. We live in a holographic world, a holographic universe, where everything is a projection of our mind and everything works together for our good. And so even the things that we don't like about our body are working together for our good. They're a demonstration of what we're thinking. So if we don't like what we're thinking, we can shift it and have a change in the body. This is what is within our power to do. And I'm inviting you to
to just start with being really aware of what it is you're thinking and feeling about your body. What I find with many spiritual students is that they're much more comfortable reading a book or taking a class than writing down what they think and feel. And I totally understand that. A lot of people are not interested in actually looking at or knowing or understanding what it is they think and feel. They prefer to place a veil in their mind so that they're not really clear. They don't really know. And then it just feels like a mystery to them. And that's how I used to live, so I totally understand that. And I sometimes I I notice, oh, a veil's been lifted, and now I understand what things are for. Now I understand more clearly that, oh, yes, this is the byproduct of my thinking. Yes, okay, I, I made this with my mind, with my attitude, with my thoughts, with my choices. So the invitation here is to look closely and to do some writing, to really be willing to take some time and write some things down. Write down what it is you like and don't like about your body. And with the things you don't like, see if you can get to what's really going on there. And where's the judgment? Because remember, all judgments cause suffering. All judgments keep the feeling and the belief in separation in place. Judgment is the mechanism in the mind that allows us to experience separation. So let's work right where we are and work with our body and realize that the body does not have a mind of its own. And so it cannot make a choice. We make the choice, the body follows. Now it can seem like, well, okay Jennifer, why would I choose to lose the use of my legs? Why would I choose to have illness, to have cancer, to have chronic pain? Why would I choose these things? Only to learn. There's no other reason to choose them, only to learn. What are we learning? Well, sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we just don't know. Sometimes we can't quite see it. Sometimes it takes some real effort to get there. But that effort is a demonstration of our willingness, and we can activate our willingness here and now. Now is the time for us to activate that willingness I am willing to know what everything is for, right? So, so often you hear me quote Course in Miracles where things are, uh, we think we know what things are for, but we don't. So, I don't know what things are for, but I'm willing to know what things are for. I don't know what things are for, but I'd like to. I don't know what things are for, but everything works together for my good. I don't know what things are for, but I am willing to know what they're for. And my body is for my learning. My body is for me to recognize, to understand, to feel, and to know more clearly that separation is my choice. It's not 
something that's happening to me. So it says in paragraph 3 here in The Secret Vows, The thing you hate and fear and loathe and want, the body does not know. You send it forth to seek for separation and be separate. And then you hate it. Not for what it is, but for the uses you have made of it. You shrink from what the body sees and what it hears and hates its frailty and littleness. And you despise the body's acts, but not your own. It sees and acts for you. It hears your voice, and it is frail and little by your wish. It seems to punish you and thus deserve your hatred for the limitations that it brings to you. Yet you have made of it a symbol for the limitations that you want your mind to have, see, and keep. The body represents the gap between the little bit of mind you call your own and all the rest of what is really yours. Okay, so the body represents the gap between the little bit of mind you call your own and all the rest of what is really yours. So all the rest of what is really yours is heaven, the perfection of God. So think of seek first the kingdom and everything will be added unto you. Everything else will be added unto you. So this is what it's saying here. All the rest is really yours. And the body represents the gap between our little bit of mind where we're conscious and the hugeness of the vast connection with God that is really available to us. The body represents the gap between those things. It represents the separation. Right? Another word for gap. You hate the body and yet you think it is yourself. And that without it would yourself be lost. Now, think of this. Many times, every time you're afraid, what's threatened? If you look deeply... It's the body. It's the personality that you've identified with the body. That's what's feeling afraid. When your false identity of being identified with the body is threatened, that's when you feel afraid. And yet, so often we feel afraid. So much. Our identity is threatened so much because we are choosing these thoughts of attack, lack, and limitation all day long. And when we do, deep down we know we're creating a life of misery for ourselves. That's why we feel so afraid and so lost, so confused. The body represents the gap. And it says, You hate the body, yet you think it is yourself, and that without it would yourself be lost. This is the secret vow that you have made with every brother who would walk apart. This is the secret oath you take again whenever you perceive yourself attacked. 
No one can suffer if he does not see himself attacked and losing by attack. Unstated and untethered in consciousness is every pledge to sickness. Yet it is a promise to another to be hurt by him and to attack in return. Okay, so let us get to this. Yes, body corrections is what we're talking about here. How to correct how we hold the body in our mind so we can have a new experience of healing in our body. So the healing in our body starts with the healing in our mind, and that's where we do our work. Of course, the miracles tells us all healing is at the level of the mind. So we're not bothering to manage and cope anymore. We're moving into true, everlasting healing. This is our destiny, and I'm so grateful that we're sharing it together. So grateful. Thank you to all the people who write to me and tell me they love this broadcast. I love you, and I'm so grateful to join with you each and every week. All right, it's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and we're talking about A Course in Miracles. We're choosing to walk the talk and to live the love, and we're doing it on Unity Online Radio. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about body corrections. And uh, just before I jump back into that, I would be remiss if I did not tell you that I just did my seven simple steps for interrupting the patterns of fear class. And right now, you can get it for a free download. And we're transcribing it. We'll have the transcript ready shortly. And so please go take advantage of that, my seven simple steps for... Interrupting the Patterns of Fear. This is a favorite class. People really, really like it. And it's also an introduction to my Finding Freedom class, my seven-week spiritual boot camp class. Now, um, I offer this a few times a year. I'm offering the Finding Freedom class right now. Registration closes manana tomorrow, Wednesday, the 11th. And I do uh, the bonus class on Wednesday the 11th. So check it out. If you're ready to find freedom, if you're ready to jump into my boot camp, now is the time. And it's, wow, it is the perfect time to do some deep healing work. And my Finding Freedom class is a signature class of mine. Uh, Many people have taken this class and found that they were able to dramatically eliminate uh, a lot of the causes of suffering in their life and to really turn their ship around. So that's why I created the class. I hope you'll check it out. Uh, But remember the 7 Simple Steps class for interrupting the patterns of fear is free right now. Check it out on the homepage at jenniferhadley.com. Also right now, not, not free, but you can also join me in my 
Building Trust and Faith class. So uh, you'll get downloads and transcripts with that as well. And so we're doing that class right now. Come join us. Okie dokie. Yes. So let's go back to the secret vow that uh, this that this section is named for. So you hate the body, yet you think it is yourself, and that without your body would yourself be lost. Okay, so some people have the experience of losing the effectiveness of their body, and it, it can be terrifying, understandable. And it can be deeply upsetting, can be all of these things. But what is that experience really for? It's to help us see that without the body, we feel lost. And so I, I would imagine that most people in one lifetime or another, they have the experience of the body is not working the way they would like. And I would imagine that part of that experience is so that we can remember, I am not a body. And that we can never be lost. Just like Jesus tells us in the text, I could, I wasn't ever afraid in the Garden of Gethsemane that I had been abandoned because I knew it was not possible for me to be abandoned. Knew it wasn't possible. And he's encouraging us to know this as well. That it's not possible for us to be lost or abandoned ever. We have to think it. We have to believe it in order to feel it. And when we do feel it, when we do believe it and think it, it doesn't make it so. Don't make it so. Taint, make it, taint, taint so. <laughs> taint so. Jeff is laughing. I uh, finally got that out. Okay. So... The secret vow we have made is that we think we're a body. And we've made the vow with every brother who would walk apart. So everyone who thinks that they are a body is someone who is feeling separate, walking apart. And we can change our minds about this. This is the secret oath you take again whenever you perceive yourself attacked. So when we feel attacked, it's because of our perception. We're not really being attacked, but that's our perception. No one can suffer if he does not see himself attacked and losing by attack. Unstated and unheard in consciousness is every pledge to sickness. Yet it is a promise to another to be hurt by him and to attack him in return. So this is part of sickness, is to blame it on others. Sickness is anger taken out upon the body, so that the body will suffer pain. It is the obvious effect of what was made in secret, in agreement with another's secret wish to be apart from you as you would be apart from him. Unless you both agree that is your wish, 
it can have no effects. Whoever says there is no gap between my mind and yours has kept God's promise, not his tiny oath to be forever faithful unto death. And by his healing is his brother healed. So, let's keep this statement in our mind. There is no gap between my mind and yours. So, really walking around every day, looking at our brothers and sisters, and affirming there's no gap between my mind and yours. There's no gap between my mind and yours. There's no gap between my mind and yours. This is how we undo that secret vow, by remembering that our minds are joined. This is why we don't have to explain everything to everybody. Our minds are joined. When we are willing to recognize that our minds are joined, then we don't feel so alone. When we realize that our minds are joined, then we don't have to figure everything out. When we realize our minds are joined, then we're not alone and on our own. So let us keep God's promise rather than the promise to be separate. And so we do it by saying, there is no gap between my mind and yours. Let this be your agreement with each one that you be with him and not apart. And he will keep the promise that you make with him because it is the one that he has made to God as God has made to him. God keeps his promises. His son keeps his. In his creation did his father say, you are beloved of me. And I of you forever. Be you perfect as myself, for you can never be apart from me. So God keeps his promises. God keeps her promises. Let us keep ours to remember our divinity and the divinity of all life. This is what we're doing. We're keeping fresh before us. The moments of our high resolve, as Howard Thurman would say, keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. So this is our moment of high resolve. Yes, yes, yes. And it says, let this be your your agreement, that you be one with God and not apart. Let this be your agreement with each one. Each person you meet, each person you see, that you be one with them and not apart. And so we can do this very simply by when we meet a brother or a sister or just think of them in our mind, just to say, I am one with you. So reminding ourselves, especially in times of difficulty, I am one with you. I have gotten so much healing out of this. So especially when you feel like you're disagreeing with a loved one or there's some kind of discord or disharmony with a loved one and you're feeling afraid about what's happening with a loved one. I am one with you. You are one with me. There is no gap between my mind and yours. 
in this moment of choosing to remember the oneness and unification, we are choosing a deep and abiding healing, a powerful healing. We are transforming and renewing our mind by declaring and deciding to value the oneness of all life. Just think how many times in a day you value separation by saying, yeah, we're not like that. They're different from us. And now to say, there is no gap between my mind and yours. I am one with you forever unto death. (laughs) Yes, and let me be faithful. Faithful, faithful, faithful. And in this is our healing. Now it seems on the surface, well, how can that be a healing? But all healing is at the level of the mind. When we do the work at the level of the mind, we experience it at the body level too. Yes, I know last year there was someone in Masterful Living that had um, really done the work of the course and she told me at the end of the year, she her pain, she had arthritic pain, was dramatically less than it was at the beginning of the year. And she knows that the healing took place in her physical body, in her physical experience, because of the deep emotional and spiritual work that she did. So she worked uh, very diligently to change her mind, and she had all kinds of relationship healing and many different kinds of healing, healing of worry and anxiety, but she also had healing in the physical body. So you see that the physical body is frequently a motivator to us, motivating us to make the loving choices, to make the higher choices, so that we can have an experience of healing. Physician, heal thyself. Spiritual practitioner, heal thyself. So let this be your agreement with each person that you be one with him and not apart. And he will keep the promise that you make with him because it is the one that he has made to God as God has made to him. God keeps his promises. His son keeps his. In his creation did his father say, You are beloved of me and I of you forever. Be you perfect as myself, for you can never be apart from me. You are you are beloved of me and I of you forever. Be you perfect as myself, for you can never be apart from me. I love that. You are beloved of me and I of you forever. Be you perfect as myself for you can never be apart from me. His son remembers not that he replied, I will. Though in that promise he was born. Yet God reminds him of it every time he does not share a promise to be sick. But lets his mind be healed and unified. His secret vows are powerless before the will of God, whose promises he shares and what he substitutes 
is not his will, who has made promise of himself to God. So, we're in this direct relationship with God, and the body temple is supporting us in finding our way back home. I just love how it begins telling us that the body can only follow aimlessly on the path of which it has been set, and if that path is changed, it walks easily another way. Because here's the thing that gets in our way, is this belief that in order to have a physical healing, a miraculous healing, an amazing healing, it's going to take time, which isn't real, so why, could, why would it take time? Time isn't even real. Why would it take time to have a healing when time is not even real? You see how nonsensical the ego is. So we think time will somehow increase our healing. Time heals all wounds. It doesn't. Time doesn't do anything. Even if you have a a gash, a cut, a burn, and the thought is that time will heal it. Time doesn't heal anything. Time doesn't do anything. It has no power to do anything. It can't do anything. It has no volition of its own. It's inert. It's a construct. Time has no mind. Time has no power. But we give our power away to time and then think that time has power. That time heals all wounds. Wounds are healed because we make choices in our mind, not because more time ticks off the clock. And even when it looks like, oh, that cut on my leg has been healed over time, it's not the time. It's our mind is healing it. Our mind is healing it. Our mind is directing the body temple, whether we know it or not. Because our mind is one with the infinite mind, and it is the mind of the infinite creator that is healing. Now, the thing is, is when most of us, when we have a cut, let's say, on our leg, we think, well, it'll take some time, but it will heal. Most of us don't wonder if it will ever heal. We know it will heal. We take for granted, even, that it will heal. But it doesn't heal because of time. And it doesn't heal because the body says, I'm going to heal that. It heals because of the mind. The mind is returning itself to wholeness all the time. And when we have a belief that something can't happen, then there's an impediment. So... This is why saying there is no gap between my mind and yours helps us to recognize what is for us to do and what is not for us to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hmm. So, 
Let's stop thinking that the body has any power or the body knows something. Remember, if your body isn't working properly, if you're feeling distressed about the way your body is feeling, and I was, uh, I had some very excruciating pain that went on for a few weeks last year, and I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew it had to serve a holy purpose for me to be still, to be contemplative, to change my mind, and to have a healing, and to be more mindful of the body temple, because I had an injury where, um, I know it sounds crazy, but I hurt my back through my my, my meditation posture. <laughs> I went on a meditation retreat and sat too long in the same position that wasn't quite great for my back and so I injured my back and apparently it's somewhat common in the the Buddhist community for people to hurt their back from their meditation posture I had no idea live and learn now in the section right before this it says There is no gap that separates the truth from dreams and from illusions. Truth has left no room for them in any place or time. For truth fills every place and every time and makes them wholly indivisible. This is where we are keeping our mind on the truth that sets us free. So doing the journaling, doing that that writing work that I'm talking about here, that's going to support you. Be willing to flush out the thoughts you're thinking that simply aren't true. Because when that untruth is exposed to the light, then it becomes clear, hey, this thought I've been thinking, it isn't even true. Not even true. And so why think it anymore? So it's about being able to place yourself on a path of truth where we're seeking the kingdom first so we can experience everything else being added unto us. So I want to go back here to sickness is anger taken out upon the body so that it will suffer pain. It is the obvious effect of what was made in secret, in agreement with another secret wish to be apart from you as you would be apart from him. So whenever you're holding on to regret, resentment, anger, doubt, this is an opportunity to clear out the mind and have a healing, and it will absolutely impact your physical body. Many people would like to know how to heal their physical body, and I i am all in for that. Because even though the body temple is, in a very real sense, not even necessary, because all of our activity is really happening at the level of the mind, In this world, it does seem as though we are a body, and that we need a body, and that when the body's not working properly, that that is a real problem. Even if, even if, this is our wish, we can still shift out of that. 
So many people, they actually wish to berate their body, punish their body. They, they wish to feel bad. And this is one of the main attractions that we can notice is that there's this temptation to feel badly. It's that you keep keep running your tongue over a sore spot in your mouth. Is it still there? Yep, it's still there. There's something about feeling the the pain, the discomfort that we like. It keeps the ego alive, and the ego definitely likes to be alive. Sickness is anger taken out upon the body so that it will suffer pain. Well, I know that this can seem illogical, but why not just accept that, okay, this is so, this is what Jesus has told me, let me accept it as so, and let me move into the space of healing that is, you are beloved of me and I of you forever. So let us really make this pact to live a non-judgmental life without exceptions and see if you don't have miraculous healing in your body. Whoever says there is no gap between my mind and yours has kept God's promise, not his tiny oath to be fearful, faithful, <laughs> fearful, faithful, unto death, and by his healing is his brother healed. So every time we choose healing, we're choosing it not just for ourselves, but also for our brothers and sisters, because all minds are joined. Yes, so we're we're making this commitment to be willing to know and to feel that our minds are joined and we are one. And to experience it and to keep affirming it until we get it. That's that's our intention, and it's beautiful. All right, it's time for me to pray here. And just before I pray, I would like to thank all the people who send donations and contributions. This show is run by your donations and contributions to the Unity Network and to the Power of Love Ministry. So you can make a tax-deductible contribution to Support this radio show and keep it coming. We are so appreciative of your willingness to support what we're doing here with this radio broadcast. It is so my pleasure to do it week after week. And remember, we have hundreds of episodes. You can download them all pretty easily and listen to them at your leisure. Also, remember the Stop Playing Small Retreats coming up next week here in the Blue Ridge Mountains where I am now. It's going to be fabulous. such a nice place. I invite you to be spontaneous and come and join me. Also, my trust and faith class and my seven simple steps for interrupting the patterns of fear. All these at jenniferhadley.com. Thank you so much for praying with me. I'm inviting you to place your hand on your heart once again. We take this breath of love and gratitude and we say, I am one with the one. I partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to remember my true nature and my true identity is the perfection, is the wholeness, is the freedom, is the good of God. We are grateful and thankful to know that this is so. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is.
Amen. 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 And finding freedom starts tomorrow. Yes. God bless you. I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.